You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good Sunday morning. Welcome in to the Draft Recap Show along with Steve Geller, Saints sideline reporter, Odyssey Sports Digital, Jeff Nowak, also part of the sports team Yes, here at WWL. I'm Christian Garrick. For the next two and a half hours, going to recap the draft, the undrafted free agents the Saints have signed. We want to hear from you, though. Which is your favorite draft pick? Which one are you most intrigued by? 504-260-1870. And again, good morning, fellas. How are we doing? We're still getting plugged in here. Well, Jeff is adjusting the headset volume, but he's doing it to mine, so that <laughs> rock and roll intro just got blared into my eardrums. <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> well, hey, Steve stole my, my headphones over here. That's I'm like, easy children. We'll get am it sorted gonna, out. Am I we'll get it sorted out. We, got, we need rooms? the divider back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Uh, let's start with Steve. You're... you're the draft pick that you're most intrigued by, it could be Olave or it could be the sixth rounder. You, you pick. It's definitely Olave for me just because it was the hugest need I felt for this squad. and The, the struggles this team had last year at wide receiver um, were, were evident. And Olave has been talked about this whole draft process about his route running ability, his separation skills, and to pair another Ohio State Buckeye up with a guy – that we know has been a little disgruntled over the years, also dealing with the injuries, I think is huge to pair up with Michael Thomas, make him happy. we got those Buckeye boys now, uh, one and two at wide receiver. Jameis Winston has to be liking that, and I think it's it's just exactly the the player at the position that they needed, and I don't, I don't have an issue. I know we've talked about them having to trade up uh, and again to get him, but uh, we heard Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen talk about coveting that guy you wanted and then going after it, and, and they, they got the guy they wanted. So and I, I think that's the most so exciting pick for them. They all, every GM says that. Get your mic on. I think in this case it's true, though. I think that, that was the guy that they had at the top of their board, and they went after him, and they got him. I mean, they didn't make the trade until half, after 10. So like it's not like they were going after Garrett Wilson and didn't get right, him. Right. Um, they weren't going after Drake London. They were going after Chris Olave, and they got Chris Olave. So he's going to be – Better or worse, the story of this draft class because they paid so much to go get them. Because not only did they make they pay to go get that trade, they paid to go get that second first round pick. Yeah. So it's they paid a lot. We talked to Mickey afterward and I asked me felt like there was a missed opportunity in the mid rounds because prior to the draft, one of the biggest things he talked about was how having extra picks in the mid rounds was something you wanted this year. There were so many good players there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get to the third and fourth round and you don't have a pick. And he said that they they were they were definitely feeling uh, you know, he didn't want to say regret, but there were missed opportunities there for sure. Yeah, but I think their focus was um, making sure they secured a, a receiver and tackle and, and accomplish that goal. For me, Jeff, I didn't hear you give it, so I'm going to start with you. I'll go back to you. The most intriguing draft pick, is it Olave for you? Well, you know, I mean, I think you know what you expect out of Olave. So it's when you want to talk about intriguing, you know, he has to perform. Sure. So I'm not necessarily intrigued by it more than I'm, I have high expectations. Um, intriguing, you know, I'm going to go with Alante Taylor too. because he's a guy who, you know, I saw a lot of negative reception on just the concept of building on a strength. And while, you know, you can, you can hate on the idea that there's other people off the board. I'm not going to hate on the fact that they took a cornerback. Cornerbacks are important. You need cornerbacks. I mean, <laughs> this is a passing league. And if you have a starting cornerback just sitting there and he's going to be a star on special teams, he's going to be a guy who can move around, maybe shift to safety down the road. I'm on board with that. You know, the, the secondary can go away real fast if you don't keep reloading it. And by all accounts, he is a stud coming out of Tennessee. Yeah, I think I'm, that I'm was, with you. I think I, that was I one of the we, negative receptions, though, around him was when the Saints came out and said they, they had that vision for him as a, as a special teams key contributor. was like, wait a minute, what are we doing drafting a special teamer this early? And that, that's not the case. No, he's going to be able to play corner for you. And I think eventually he transitions into safety. I think over time he's going to be the cheaper version of P.J. Williams. 
I really do. Um, he's going to have that versatility to be able to play out on the outside, play a little safety, eventually work his way into the slot. Uh, I'm intrigued by Alante Taylor as well, Jeff. Um, yeah, I think he has a better cover skills than, than a PJ. He's got better length. He's, he's, got, he's got the size. He's got the speed. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I, I don't see how you hate that pick. You, you don't hate that pick. You hate the fact that they didn't have any picks behind him. That's what you hate, and you're taking it out on Alante Taylor. So Jordan Jackson, the sixth rounder out of uh, the Air Force Academy, first off, I'll Anytime we we get a service academy guy, I'm uh, look. Anytime they get an opportunity to play in the NFL, I'm 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 happy for them. Um, but Jeff, you were talking before the show that people were was it on social media? People were throwing a fit about oh, it's a reach. Excuse me, huh? I, what? I wouldn't say people. I would say some people. Okay, but I did see more than one. It was a non-zero number saying, "Oh, Jordan Jackson's a reach in the sixth round." I'm like, eh. I mean, once you get to the sixth round, all bets are off. You know those six rounders that yeah. pan out in the NFL. Yeah. All those, all those uh, Hall of Famers of the sixth round, you know. But uh, there actually have been a good number, believe it or not. You know, like oh, Antonio Brown was a sixth round. Tom Brady was a sixth round. <laughs> but, you know, those are the exceptions. There's a lot of sixth round picks made every year when you can only, you know, find ten that have panned out. You know, you're looking at guys who you want to protect from other teams because you're trying to get them as a UDFA. You're trying to get them late in the draft. And you're just like if he he's a guy you think other teams are going to be interested in, and you have a list of guys you're trying to get. That's who you take. Those some people that were saying it's a reach, just so you know, six rounders and seventh rounders. There's not much difference in their grades. There's just not. No, they, they all look. This, it's the same, essentially the same grades at six and seven, and even undrafted free agents. So yeah. Jeff, you stated it, and I'll double down on it. Jo- uh, Jordan Jackson is a player that they felt like, hey, we don't want to negotiate against other teams for his services so let's go ahead and spend a draft pick on him and secure his rights yeah the other thing the other thing mickey said regarding undrafted guys is you're not you're not necessarily looking at the prototypes because you're so far down you're looking for like one elite skill Mm -hmm. right you're looking for something they do better than anybody else you think of a guy like deontay harris you know a five six wide receiver isn't the guy you'd normally target in the draft but he's an elite return guy he's got elite you know quick twitch skills who can make people miss in space and that's what you got and that's that's the type of thing you look for when you're talking about undrafted guys or late round guys. Steve, one of the things that you can clearly see the theme of all our draft picks, a they're senior bowl participants, a lot of them, yeah, um, and positions of leadership on their team, captains, and I, and maturity. I think that was it's been a big emphasis for the Saints, and they they proved it again yesterday with all their picks. Yeah, touching back into even that's something that even Mickey Loomis addressed yesterday as well, saying that you know that's something that Mr. Benson. Looked for. He wanted the upperclassmen in the you know coming to the team because they have that maturity, they have that uh, that leadership uh, air about them that they're they're able to step into these roles a lot better, a little bit more mature coming in to your roster. And yeah, I, I mean the Senior Bowl is just down the road here, and we see how how important that pipeline is to this New Orleans Saints team. Has been for a couple several years now. Big John and Metairie, what's going on, Big John? You're on WWL. Hey, Christian, what's up? What's up, Big John? Were you out of Fat Boys this weekend? No, I okay, was not. Big John. But right. I call in. I'm the one that messes with Mike Tillier all the time. I got you. Go ahead, Big John. Uh, let me ask you a question, Christian. Why we didn't address the uh, quarterback situation? We we know what Winston has done, and he's never really done anything when he got drafted number one. And it, it, it's uh, it's always been a – failure with any number one it's went somewhere else show me a quarterback in this draft that's that's going to be that's better than Jameis Winston Uh, well I don't I don't know I don't know I mean it's just so you say you say they didn't address it what do you mean they didn't address it they made a run for Deshaun Watson they made a real play for him it didn't happen it didn't go their way and they weren't going to guarantee him 250 million dollars that Cleveland did let's put it this way nobody really addressed the quarterback position (laughs) in this draft Nobody. Yeah, other than, other than maybe Pittsburgh. I mean, you, when, maybe once all these guys, once all these teams pass on a quarterback, that means that no one believes in the quarterbacks. And if you're taking a quarterback, it's just it's a flyer. You're not drafting a guy to start him. Desmond Ritter, you know, he might be the second quarterback that is being drafted to potentially start, but even he is a question mark in my opinion. Well, Ron Rivera, go ahead, Big John. Did they did they give up one Egan already? Well, I don't say that they get, they've given up on him, but Big John, Ian Book when he was fourth round pick. Ian Book last year? Yeah. Fourth-round pick. I mean, again, that, you don't draft that guy to be your eventual successor. You see if you can maybe groom him a little bit uh, and, and and develop him a little bit, and maybe, just maybe, he turns into a starting caliber quarterback. Or 
he doesn't work out and you and you move on from him. fourth round picks are not they're they're just not as big of a deal. They've cut fourth round picks in the past. The Saints have over an undrafted free agent Pierre Thomas. And you don't give one up to Jimmy G or any of those other guys. I doubt it. There. I doubt it. Because I think Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield, uh, I don't know, fellas. I think that you're going to wait to see if they get cut. And I, I don't think – I think Jameis Winston's better than Baker Mayfield. I just do. I would agree with that. I think that Winston's also his, – his time in this system helps out a lot. And we saw him go 5-2 and two last year. I know that – I'm not saying that Winston is your, your key to the future – for this squad, He's a but placeholder. But if if you look and like you were just saying, this team was aggressive in going after the Sean Watson. We knew that. We all heard about that. What does that say about this draft class that they were not aggressive in trying to pursue a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much to pick. There wasn't much to choose from. Hey, I mean, I've been all along saying that there is not a starting quarterback in this class, and Kenny Pickett might be the only one that gets the chance. But I mean. It's just, you know, you, you're looking at the quarterback position every year, and there's a high value in a, being a quarterback. But we're like I, like I put it last week, put the quarterbacks from this class in last year's class. Where are you drafting them? Are they, fourth, are they the sixth, round? seventh, eighth quarterbacks in that class? I think they were. And so that's why you're, you're looking at quarterback as if there's a set skill level, a set standard value on these guys, and there just isn't. And this year you saw a spectacularly weak class of quarterbacks, and that's what happened. He's Jeff Nowak, along with Steve Geller, St. Sideline Reporter. I'm Christian Garrick. We're rehashing the draft. You can weigh in your biggest pick, your favorite pick, your most intriguing pick, 504-260-187. You can grade the draft if you choose, A, B, C, D. I don't think anybody can give it a D or an F, perhaps not even a C. Solid B for me. This is Draft Recap here on WWL.
Back here on Draft Recap, Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller, Christian Garrick. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. All right, we're going to go pick-by-pick pick, uh, selections and kind of just talk about them a little bit, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses might be, how good of a chance that, do they have to make the roster, et cetera. I think aside from the, the three top picks, um, you know, the other players are, are really about special teams, core special teams, and uh, the, the, the tackle – uh, out of Air Force is more of a rotational guy. But let's start with Chris Olave. Obviously, one of his big strengths and something that the Saints needed was a guy that could stretch the field. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that that, that, that pick uh, m- makes a ton of sense on a number of levels. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis Allen talked about his route running. He's called a route running savant. You know, that's the type of guy you're getting. You're talking about downfield routes. You're talking about a guy who ideally will be getting single coverage and has to beat it. I mean, I don't think you're going to be seeing a bracket on Chris Olave, assuming Michael Thomas is out there. So he's going to have chances to, you know, he's going to have opportunities downfield against single coverage. Um, and it's just going to be a matter of whether he can beat it, whether Jameis can get in the ball. Yeah, I mean, they had Deontay Hardy slash Harris. Hasn't been changed officially yet. Uh, but he's just too too little to be in the game, you know, 70 plays, you know, 65 play offensive snaps. But right, he's not a number two. He's not a number. That's right. He's a gimmick. He's a. I don't want to call him a gimmick. That's no, not fair. Right. Yeah. That's not a. Um, he's a. He's a. He's a specialist. He's a specialist receiver. Yeah. In certain situations, he's a weapon, uh, but he's not an every every down player. No, and and especially when you're talking about downfield too. You know the the five six thing. You know while it's not a it's not a negative in the return game, it is it can be a negative downfield because your target that you're trying to hit is a lot smaller. I mean, you have to put the ball in certain places. You have to loft it out in front of him. He's got to run away from guys. It's going to be tough to make contested catches. He's going to get up as high, right? Um, so that's why a guy with more size is uh, is ideal. You know, he's. St- I think Deontay is still going to catch a couple seventy yard touchdown passes this year, but he's just not a guy who you can trust to consistently take the top off the defense. Yeah, and I think you said it exactly there too. Is going up for those contested catches. He just doesn't have obviously the frame for that going downfield. Yeah, I think the Giants game was a good example of that when uh, Taysom kind of just put a wounded duck out there and. James Bradbury was like a foot above everybody else going to get the ball. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, you, you, that's just because when you try to hit Deontay down the field, you've got to put it out in front of him because he's got to be able to run under it. And he's really good at that. But you're, you're not going to throw back shoulder fades to Deontay. Look at the production of Alave at Ohio State in four years. 176 receptions, 2,711 yards, an average reception of 15.4 yards. That's the stat that jumps out at you the most. That's, that's a stat that screams – Big play receiver. You can average 15 yards of reception, 35 touchdowns over 47 games, 24 starts. Production. That's been the theme throughout this, the last couple of draft player, drafted players. By and large, they're highly productive in college. And Alave is the same exact way. He's productive. You kind of know what you're getting. As Jeff mentioned, Dennis Allen called him a route-running savant. That, that's pretty high praise when you consider you know, Dennis Allen. Well, I'd like to see here Pete Carmichael repeat that term. Uh, you know, Dennis is a Dennis is a defensive guy. If he does know about route running, he knows about covering routes. And so, yeah, I think when you hear from Dennis Allen, you almost look at it like, yeah, if I had to cover that guy, I'd be in trouble. So I like him. I thought uh, didn't Allen also start out more uh, on the secondary side, right? Coming in yeah. as a, an assistant coach. Yeah, he did. He played he played cornerback uh, in college. I think he just played defensive back at A&M. yeah. He was a defensive back. Yeah, he it was actually interesting because he came when he came in he came in as a defensive line coach, mm-hmm. but that was because that's the position that when he went to the Falcons, um, they had open, right? Um, I can't remember uh, Bruce, yeah, whoever it was. Uh, I spoke to him um, after they hired Dennis Allen, and that was just it was just the Bill position. Johnson. You don't yes, Bill Johnson. Yeah, he wanted him, and the only the other quality control assistant was on the defensive line. It was uh, Jim Moore, I think, who was the head coach at that point. And that's just when he came to the Saints. That was the position he was coming out of. Was a defensive line assistant, and so he got here in that role with. And then I think it was Doug Marone at that point. And it was like, oh, this guy knows the secondary too. Why don't we put him there? And then so that's kind of where he went. Yeah, and you remember when and Sean Payton will tell you this when he was originally constructing his his uh, coaching staff, you know, he he made the joke, "We're not going to win too many jump balls." Like so, it was hard to convince after Katrina guys to relocate their families here considering the despair of this city and the region um, after Hurricane Katrina. All right, let's go to uh, Trevor Pinning, uh, offensive tackle, obviously, out of northern Iowa. Saints selected him 19th overall in the first round. This is a pick that you know, he's described as, ha- as having a little bit of a bad attitude, and I'm okay with that. Me too, love it. Well, you're offensive I do too. lineman, you want him to be nasty. <laughs> you know, I, like, 
You want him twisted. The, the problem, though, is the amount of penalties that he, he obviously racked up, and that's going to have to be something that's addressed with coaching, obviously. Yeah, yeah I think you can coach that out of yeah. him. I think you can stress to him, hey, look, we, we can't, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, but it, it is a fine line because you don't want to coach it out of him, right? You want that kind of edge, mm-hmm. but, you know, you have to, uh, you have to like, channel it. Like, I, and I compare it to C.J. Gardner-Johnson. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, in the wrong scenario, could be a major detriment to your Absolutely. team if, if you're not channeling it for good, right? It's like a superpower, but super, superheroes could be supervillains. They have all the same skills. Uh, it's just a matter of how they use it. <laughs> and if you can use it the right way, yeah. then it's a good thing. If it, if it works against you, if you don't control it, if you, you know, go and you know, use your superpowers to rob banks, then you're a bad guy. And so that's what you need to avoid if you're, if you're working with Trevor Penning here. Yeah, look. Penning, he's the first player ever selected out of Northern Iowa. From, think about that. that. That shows you how good this player is, especially in the first round. Um, I, again, I like this pick a lot. This is a safe pick, but it's also an easy one to see. Sure, would the Saints have liked to have had another, uh, other tackles that were selected higher? Sure. But at 19, you're getting a really good player here. Definitely interested to see how uh, Doug Marone and, of course, our boy, our former, former teammate, Zach Streif, end up coaching him up over there. I know they're going to have some fun uh, with Trevor Penning and def- uh, those those camp battles that we're going to see between the offensive linemen and the D-line are going to be pretty intense. And they're going to be a lot of eyes on seeing how if Penning's pushing any buttons uh, for the Saints starting any camp fights. He and Zach Street can see eye to eye. They're the same height, 6'7". <laughs> Good uh, guess. This is, why, this is the only reason why, the only reason why that um, I'm happy that Zach is now coaching instead of in the radio because I'm tired of looking up at him. Well, see, I'm app- giant. I'm tired of looking up at him. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, anytime I go out to like a camp, or uh, you know, I was out at the Senior Bowl. I, you know, I'm trying to find the Saints contingent, right? I'm trying to be like, okay, who's here? Who's here? Like, yeah, okay, there's Zach. <laughs> you can always see him. You know, there, right? him. Yeah, <laughs> he stands out in a crowd. I uh, say that jokingly about Zach, obviously. Um, but I, I spent a lot of my years between the sideline reporter and when he worked here, looking up, interviewing him quite often, because he's a big man, and so is Trevor Penning. They're essentially the same height. Let's move on to the second-round pick, Alante Taylor, cornerback from Tennessee. Uh, Jeff and I talked about this to open the show. I really like this pick. I just do because I think it's versatility. We talked about that. I think he's got the – look at the height. I mean, he's six foot one. That's, that's a prototype cornerback in terms of measurables. He fits the mold there, and I think he's, he's big enough and fast enough that – Long arms. Yeah, big wingspan. Yep. Gets to a lot of footballs, contested catches, et cetera. Um, he's physical. And I think it fits the mold of what, what Dennis Allen wants out of his cornerbacks. Yeah, you mentioned the safety position, too, and I know he's listed as corner in the Saints. Dennis Allen came out and said their vision is for him at corner. But to me, with the losses of Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Marcus Williams, there definitely looks like that need at safety there where we could see him filling in. And I know the talk is free agent, you know, veteran free agent. Uh, see, and everyone's expecting Teran Matthew to end up right. coming over here as well. Yeah, I'm, we could talk about that possibility a little later. But Alante, to me, I know he says his, his vision, but your vision can change. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you, I think your vision on a player can change. I think it's more about what you want him to do as a rookie. Yeah, right? you want to yeah. bring him in and you want to incorporate him in a position he feels most comfortable. And you're not going to immediately bring a guy in like Malcolm Jenkins didn't move to safety right. his first year. And what your your vision for him as a rookie is to push the guys at corner and to be a dominant. He didn't say he's going to work on special teams. Dennis Allen didn't say he's going to be a contributor on special teams. He said. He has the potential to be a dominant force on special teams. And that's and that's kind of alluding to something I brought up with uh, Justin Mello, who we talked to yesterday. It's not about that he can play special teams. It's that this is a star player coming out of college who played special teams in college. He has a special team skill set. And that's not something you see typically. You see players coming in and you're like, we think they can play on special teams. They didn't do it because they were a star on the team they came off of. And you don't put your stars on special teams. But he, Jeremy Pruitt, you know, and he told this to us when we talked to him uh, on WWL because he kind of tricked him into learning how to play special teams by saying, yeah, yeah, do special teams, get good at that, and then we'll put you back in wide receiver. It'll get done. It didn't get done. But that's he learned that role. He learned those skills, and that's not something that you find in second-round picks. And when you're drafting on a strength, you want to be able to make sure you're at least getting something out of them in year one if they're not going to play uh, at the position that you intend them to play. And while he might – you're definitely getting him on the field in some form, and that's that's why you're talking about special teams. Plus, we talked about this a little too yesterday. It's like with the injuries at that corner position, yeah. you, 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 you know, never know 
Right. It, it's a, it's going to be something where he's going to get end up getting more snaps than expected. You can for, foresee that happening. Case in point, Paulson Adebo last year. Yeah. Um, the selection of Taylor uh, marks the sixth consecutive year the Saints have selected a player from the SEC in the draft. There you go. Just just goes to show you the amount of talent uh, they have four, in that conference. Four Tennessee Vols now, I think. Yeah, Shy Tuttle, uh, uh, Camara, Callaway, uh, Callaway, and now yep. Alante Taylor. All right, so we're all we're all kind of in a consensus here that we like the pick of Alante Taylor. Not I like the pick, dislike. and again, it's the the reason you might not like the pick is nothing to do with Alante Taylor. It has to do with the fact that there was no third and fourth round picks to pick behind. I think that's a great point for sure because after that, it was like you yeah. were waiting forever for something else to you know be drafted by this team, right. so it doesn't feel as sexy to you. Right, you're not complaining about the player; you're complaining about the fact that you weren't able to bring in a tight end, you weren't able to bring in whatever else. Yeah, look, I, I think. As, as we go forward here, as we've learned, as this game has evolved, the Saints are assuredly going to take a cornerback or a defensive back almost every year in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a uh, second round or, or the mid-round. They're just the way the league is constructed. And that's, those are your guys that are going to end up being core special teams players. Look at Justin Hardy. He wasn't necessarily a cornerback as much as he was just a special team dynamo. So that, that's – and he, I know Justin Hardy was not drafted. My point is that – a lot of the defensive backs, the Saints are going to load up on them because they are uh, going to be a part of your core special teams. I will Linebackers say, and safeties as well. There was a little bit of scariness to me in hearing that this guy's a former quarterback, <laughs> former wide receiver, and now being transferred into the cornerback role. I had awful, horrible flashbacks of the good old Stanley Jean Baptiste. I'll raise you Marcus Williams, though. He was a former safety. Okay. I mean, he was a former, former receiver, receiver. Right. Worked well, out well. Good point, right. Yeah, I mean, think of it this way. I mean, you're looking at NFL players, and these are the best athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. When you're in high school, you're not worried about uh, you're worried about getting your best athletes at the positions where they can make the greatest impact, which is wide receiver, quarterback. You're getting them on offense. No kid comes in high school being like, "I want to be a, the best safety in the world." No, you're, you want to be the best athlete in the world. You want to be the best the guy who's on TV, you know. And and that's why you know he gets to college, and they're like, "You know, you're you're a good wide receiver. You could be a great cornerback." And and that's what you that's what you see there. It has Look, nothing to do formal, with yeah. If you're a former receiver, that tells me you have good hands. Right, that too. So I'm yeah. good with that. Yeah, I'm totally good with better, that. Better have it right. Position. All right. So Demarco Jackson, linebacker out of Appalachian State, was a fifth round pick, 161 overall. This is um, no surprise at all. We just got done having a conversation about corners, linebackers, and safeties are going to make up a big part of your special teams. And I'm not saying Demarco Jackson's only on this was only drafted for a special team, but he was at least in the fifth round. I think it's Lanyap after that. If you get production out of him and, and on, on defense and, and a nickel or a dime or, or what have you, then I think it's Lanyap. And I know this guy's got uh, good speed, good closing speed. Um, I think that this linebacker position, uh, is it still a question to – you have obviously Demario Davis, Pete Werner, uh, Quan Alexander, still a he's veteran inside. free agent still yeah. out there, right? No one's no one that I'm yes. picking him up. Yes, he's, not, he's, he's still available. Yeah. So I, I just think that uh, Jackson can come in, and I'm not saying be a immediate guy for this defense, but with his pass rush skills and his ability to close on guys, I think that's a huge plus. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I like DeMarco as a pick, but I would have liked him to see go running back. Um, I think there were still some guys on the board at this point where they could have gone running back and filled that that hole. I don't. I just don't know if there's going to be an options out on on the free agent market to really impact that position the way that you know you could at linebacker but I do like DeMarco I like I like his his approach to the game he talked about he talked to Deuce uh, about his film study which Mm -hmm. when you're excited about film study that's Mm -hmm. basically an NFL superpower because I feel like so so many people in the NFL do it because they have to he's talking about how he breaks it down by Uh, he's a junkie yeah I mean and that's and that in itself is a great skill to have and I'm sure that when he told the Saints how he how he breaks down film their eyes lit up because that's something that you know, you can't yeah, – I mean, if someone likes to break down film, that's huge. Whereas, like, yeah, uh, well, there's stories – I remember these stories the about them sending though, Demarcus becomes... Russell home with tape, on, and the tape was empty because they didn't think he was studying film, and he came back and he was, like, giving them notes on the tape that didn't exist. Right. Like, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But, yeah, that's great that he likes to watch film, but does he watch it correctly? You get what I'm saying here? Because there's some players that really that's like it. That's a good it. point. Because yeah. I've heard from guys coming into the league, they didn't – they thought they knew how to watch film in college, but they really didn't know how to do it in the NFL. Yeah. Like, there's a different approach. That's you know, fair. It's a different approach. But, again, the willingness is there, Yeah, so that's fine. You, you got a good start. All right, we'll recap in the draft here. 
Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller, Christian Garrick, our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Lines are open at 504-260-1870. We will run through all the Saints draft picks. Also get to the undrafted guys um, and break them down as well. Again, our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Lines are open. Tell us which is your favorite draft pick and your favorite undrafted player the Saints have signed. If you're looking for a list, check out www.com. We'll have a list of the undrafted free agents for you. It is up there right now. This is Saints Radio, WWL.
Really, with all of our guys, primarily, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at what can they do from a stack back linebacker position. So, um, kind of a Mike Will vision for the player, and and uh, um, you know, felt like his speed was something that we 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 really we really liked. Four, five, and a forty. Dennis Allen, head coach, talking about linebacker Demarco Jackson out of Appalachian State. He can run, Steve. Yeah, and. What you're really most interested too with this is how obviously how is this going to mesh with the rest of the linebacking core here right now? Uh, I know that uh, I mentioned it before with the Mario Davis, Pete Werner, your two main guys. Who else uh, is going to step up over there? I, I thought um, Caden Ellis is an, is an interesting uh, player on this team that's really done more on the special team side, but when he has contributed in the defense, I thought. He's held he his own. Well. Yeah, I thought he's played well in, in, in the small packages that he's been involved in. Uh, and, again, the coaches love Caden Ellis, love his intelligence, love his, his desire, his motivation, his work ethic. Um, again, we're starting to be repetitive only because this is the truth. This is about a special teams player, right? This is If you get additional snaps out of him defensively, I think that that's Lanyap. And that's I'm okay with that. The final selection that we haven't talked about, the draft picks at least – um, defensive tackle out of the Air Force Academy, Jordan Jackson. And, look, I know that we already had our conversation about some people calling it a reach. Look, he's he's a part of the rotation, a defensive line rotation. And if you're shy Tuttle, you're undrafted, they're always trying to replace undrafted players. They just are. If you're a seventh-rounder pick, just like Jordan Jackson, next year they're probably going to draft another defensive tackle to replace him. It's just the way the league works. In particular, now in the NFL, the rotation on defensive line is much bigger than it used to be you're carrying more active on game day because of you want to, you want fresh guys in there so I, I like this pick too I know I sound repetitive because I liked every pick so far I really I really do like this pick now the, you have to imagine obviously Ryan Nielsen had his hand in this t- and uh looking forward to see how he ends up molding this guy uh obviously big presence I'm, I'm curious to see if he's going to be more of an inside or outside guy on this D-line though both I think you can play both He's a little he's a little underweight because of the standards at the academy. Uh, he's two ninety four. I think they're going to bulk him up a little bit, and he'll be able to play. I think he can play a little a little bit of in, but more more intent and more in the interior because of his ability to push the pocket. Yeah, we I asked Dennis about this yesterday, and he said the vision for him is on the interior. But again, you know, he's more going to be more of a special teams guy. He's not going to be a guy really working at that rotation. But in training camp, he'll be on the interior. Two ninety four is a little light for a D tackle, but I think yeah, it's more about. He's going to have to put on some weight. I think a bunch of these guys are going to have to bulk up. You know, Trevor Trevor might be the only guy who has an NFL body right now. But, you know, Chris Olave, 187, he's going to have to put on some weight. Um, Welcome to New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, no, you want to see him get closer to 195, and you hope that doesn't impact his speed probably. But he's going to get chucked downfield if he, if he doesn't put on some strength. And I think that's something a lot of rookies have to do. What I like about all these picks is you can see character was a big part of it as well. Yeah, maturity and character. And that's been, you know, when when Sean Payton uh, pointed out those lean years of uh, 14, 15, and 16 is because they got away from some of their emphasis about character and about certain traits that they that they want, physical makeup. Uh, but they got, they've gotten back to that, and that's when they've started the draft successfully again because I do think that character, character matters on a football team. It helps. It's, I understand if he's, like, the best ever – um, and he's not. He doesn't have great character. Well, you sacrifice that. That's fine. Uh, you know, occasionally you can do that. But if your locker room is made up of consistently good character guys, you're not going to have any issues. You wasn't don't want to have to worry about them off the field. Wasn't there someone that said during the NFL draft you need two or three convicts on your roster? I think it was Bobby. No, no, no. I'm talking about like national. Uh, national. I don't know. Maybe. I, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody said it. But I don't. I don't want convicts. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more of a metaphorical uh, yeah, convict I know. I know. than a literal convict. But I don't even want the, the metaphorical uh, <laughs> convict. I, I really don't. I, I want somebody. Again, like Carl Nix is a great example. He got knocked down to the fifth round because he got into a fight in college, right? And that's what NFL teams saw that and kind of shot away from him and, and pushed him down to the fifth round because he was a, a first-round talent. He was a first-round talent, and the Saints got him in the fifth round because of the character flaw. And I'm okay with that. In the later rounds, if there's a character flaw, fifth round, I'm okay with it. 
I found it. It was, it was Bart Scott. Sorry. He said he had to make sure that we had at least two people with a couple of felonies when I was on the Ravens. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, if, we, if we all went by Bart Scott's <laughs> teachings, we'd all be in trouble. Um, we have one texter who saying, why did the Saints pass on Damone Clark? I agree. You know, I would have liked to see the yeah. Saints go with Damone Clark just because. There's a huge if, risk, if you're, though. I understand that, but if you're talking fifth, I'm sixth fine round, with risking that round. I'm, ex- I'm okay with it. And you're talking. I think what the Saints needed, though, is bodies, right? And that's going to be uh, a factor in that they have a lot of rosters about to bring in a lot of undrafted free agents they wanted to bring in a guy who they knew could be a contributor on special teams in the fifth round and that's what they got into marco jackson damone clark would be more of a a draft and stash guy it'd be almost like if you're an nba team be like one of the guys you send overseas um because he's just not gonna be ready to play with the back surgery and you know while i would have liked to see them just plop him down next to demario davis and say learn his (laughs) teachings for a year and come back and he's going to be a great player he's going to be a steal with the cowboys i think well um, i understand why they you know why the medicals make it hard some teams including the saints are finicky they'll take him off the board entirely with a, with yeah. a medical yeah spinal fusion surgery sounds pretty rough as right. it is and i'm sure the, the process he's not going to be playing at all this season awfully obviously and hopefully he can come back next year steve geller jeff nowak christian garrick draft recap here on wwl i can't say that either
certainly didn't feel like that was a position that we had to go try to address. Feel good about where we're at at the position. And, uh, um, you know, so we evaluated the quarterbacks and the way the draft played out. We felt like uh, that wasn't something that we needed to go and do and, and uh, thought there were some players that could, could, uh, could help us. Big John called earlier asking why they haven't addressed the quarterback position. There's your answer from the head coach, Dennis Allen. And as we've talked about, there wasn't anybody in, in this draft, aside from maybe Kenny Pickett, maybe, that was, that was going to be a starter for you, that, that screams starting quarterback. Yeah, and I think you have, obviously, your veteran backup quarterback in Andy Dalton set, and you have a developmental guy right now with Ian Book. Yeah, the, okay, so everybody was hot over the Malik Willis, right? And yeah. The kid that landed in Washington. Um, Desmond, no, Washington? No, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, Desmond Ritter. He didn't he, go to he's Washington. He's in Atlanta. Right. In Atlanta. The, and then the Golden Corral down in Carolina. Oh, Correct, can't. the Golden Corral. <laughs> those three, all those GMs are sitting there saying, oh, we're excited that we, they ha- we, we had him. That was our guy. And that's a bunch of baloney. They're hoping. They're hoping. They're not certain. That, he, that these guys are going to work right. out. They had the smoke QB screen, needs. Smoke screen, baby. Yeah. Smoke Monday. Smoke. If you liked them that much, <laughs> why didn't Monday? you draft them in the smoke first screens? round? Smoke screens? four. Yeah. If you liked them that much, why'd you draft them in the, why didn't you draft them in the first round? Give me a break. Okay. I, I heard some of that yesterday. And I was like, please. You, you, these fans have to be able to see through that nonsense. Yep. All right, we're just getting started here on Draft Recap. Oakenheart Jewelers Talk and Text Lines are open at 504-260-1870. Your favorite Saints draft pick. Also, going to look around the league to, Talk about others that drafted well, other teams that drafted well also. This is Saints Radio, WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 